0: In this series, we have some pretty frank discussions about topics including race, sexuality and violence. Some of the content and the language may be triggering.
1: I started boxing when I was younger. We always used to put on boxing gloves, my brother and I. We used to just love boxing, putting on the gloves. What made me start so late was I was acting we've always been acting but i was acting but you know with acting you have to wait you have to play the audition game and wait for them to call you back all that so you have to find something to do in the meanwhile so i was professionally bodybuilding before boxing Uh, with bodybuilding i won every show So that shows you how dedicated I am to whatever I do. Uh, The first show I uh, participated in, I won, and that got me my pro card, so I became a professional bodybuilder. My last two shows, I participated in two bodybuilding shows that were a different league than I got my pro card in. So going to that league, they didn't want an outsider beating their people because now it makes it seem like the different league has better bodybuilders so the last show i got fifth i got fifth place in the natural olympia which nobody came close to how i looked yeah they They, robbed them they They robbed me and I'm not just saying that just to say that, or being a sore loser, because I don't lose. Uh, they robbed me, and they even went as far, cause how I looked to test me. They drug, test to, the, they drug tested me. Yeah, in that league. That league, they don't always drug test you. The league before, they uh, drug test you all the time. And the drug testing is very important to this whole conversation that uh, we're having with Jussie.
0: I'm Charlie Webster. This is attacking Jesse. The and Dairo brothers story. You mentioned um, drug testing and drugs testing with your bodybuilding competition. And you said that's key. Drug testing is key to this. What did you mean by that?
1: It's key to this because the defense, Jussie's lawyers, said that we were avid drug users, that we uh, consumed drugs and that we uh, went to Nigeria to go get steroids, to procure steroids for him, that we were also using. Obviously, I wasn't using drugs because I was tested. In my uh, first bodybuilding league uh, IPE, we were drug tested for every show that we did and we did two types of testing. We did a lie detector test and we did a urine test. So, obviously, I couldn't be on drugs and it was around the same
0: time so I wasn't on drugs uh, at all. It's a common thing that is said about you both and not just by the defense but I think by the press as well that you were giving him drugs and that you took drugs together so is that not true
1: well depending on what drugs so anabolic steroids absolutely not but I did help him get marijuana I have helped him get cocaine yes I did that before I knew people, you know, I live in Chicago. We were bouncers at the time, so we did have connections or knew people that had those stuff. Or if we didn't know who had it, it's a question away. Somebody that we knew would know somebody that has it. So he asked me, he, he trusted me as a friend to help him get that. You know, he's an actor. He, he's a little shielded from everyone. He's not in general population. So it'll be hard for him to procure those type of items. Did he do a lot of drugs then from the time that you spent with him? Uh, not a lot. It wasn't a lot from what I saw. And yeah. he did it like when we would go out and whatnot. He smoked a lot of weed. I know that. Yes, he smoked a lot.
0: You were on the stand bowler for two hours. That's quite a long time to be interrogated all that time.
1: Yep. It was. It was, it was very long. Uh, and that's because I had more history with Jesse than my brother did. My direct examination was very long because it had to set up how me and Jesse, or Jesse and I knew each other and whatnot so yeah mm-hmm. uh but it wasn't nothing that I couldn't handle because I handled it like a champ and did well I felt like I did very good
0: what was it like when you stepped off the stand what did it feel like for you
1: damn okay that was it wow yeah. I did it <laughs> I did it and um proud I was proud of myself I was proud of myself of how I handled
0: it. How many of you were there? So there was you two and Gloria, your lawyer. Yeah. And then how many of Jesse? Man,
1: that man had a whole platoon in there, man. Yeah, he had a gang of people and not just his family. Almost like 20 people. Not just his family. family. His grandmother even came, I I know. His grandmother, like, testified. Not testified, but but she, like... She gave a statement. Statement, yeah. Yeah. About what?
0: How good
1: Jesse, Jesse was is. And how you like, can never do this
0: So the grandmother Was at the sentencing? sentencing. This yeah, dude yeah. try to use every
1: Avenue Yeah he, he used every What word am I trying J- to say? Jesse Jackson Wrote a letter On his behalf Which they read out At trial Yeah um, Samuel L. Jackson And his wife um, Wrote a letter That they read out At trial BLM um, wrote out a letter yeah. that they read out at trial. So a lot of people came to his Yeah, he tried to support. use every instrument, that's not the word I'm trying to use but it works, to make him seem like he's uh, good. So he wouldn't be convicted or the sentence would be reduced. Like, the reason why I'm saying that is he had his grandmother come out and she, she's white. She's Jewish. So they try to use that they try to use that he's black Uh, they try to use that he's gay and they're saying that's a slap in all those people's faces if he's convicted wrongfully so
0: how did it make you feel that black lives matter wrote a letter in his defense
1: um at that time i was like damn like Why this much support for this man when my brother and I are also considered black? Yeah, I felt disgusted. Yeah, I was like, these people are jokers. I felt disgusted and felt like, okay, are you trying to say we're nothing? We don't matter. We don't matter? I thought black lives matter. I guess not all black lives, huh? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Did anybody write a letter in your defense?
1: We didn't need anybody to write a letter in our defense. (laughs) Right, we didn't need it. Because one, we weren't on a stand, I guess. But yeah, nobody wrote a letter for us. Still haven't gotten a letter. After I got on a stand, I flew out to Shreveport, Louisiana to go whoop some ass in boxing. And I won the USA National Championship, which shot me to be number one in the country for boxing and placed me on Team USA, the Olympic team.
0: You were at the trial, and then you immediately had to fly out and go and compete in the National Boxing Championships. And you did win, and you became part of Team USA.
1: So Team USA or the USA staff knew what was going on with the case. Everyone knew what was going on. So I had told them that I can't come in the day I'm supposed to check in during check-in day because I would be testifying. So they told me that, hey, you don't have to, you don't have to come fight, that we know this is a lot of pressure on you, that there's a lot going on. But in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, like, man, I'm a dog, man. This is what I do. You think this little thing is going to affect me? No. Let's go. Let's get it. So uh, I told them, no, I'll still be there. I'll come. So they allowed me to do a late check-in, USA Boxing. So I got there, and I had to fight four times in a row. And mind you, let me tell (laughs) you— I got there to uh, Shreveport, Louisiana by myself. No coaches, no team, nobody. Uh, And usually boxers go there with their coaches. They have a team with them. The team helps you get prepared for your fight, especially right before uh, you go and fight. They help you wrap your hands. They help uh, prepare you right before uh, the fight by hitting the pads and whatnot. I didn't have nobody there to help me. So right before the fight, I had to look for people. And of course that was very stressful, I'm not gonna lie, because they were calling my name, telling me to come, that it was time for me to go check in. Uh, for the fight so I had to go look for people ask people hey can you be in my corner can you work my corner because you have to have a coach to work your corner and even to wrap my hands I didn't have uh, nobody there to wrap my hands and you have to wrap your hands if you don't want to get injured and mind you before i've broken my second metacarpal my index finger finger metacarpal because my hands have not been wrapped before and that was the previous year at the national uh championship i had a broken uh, hand from that so i needed my hands wrapped so it was a lot going on with that and it was stressful i'm not gonna lie uh, to do that but of course me being strong i found somebody eventually to help me, and shout out to them. Uh, they they helped me work my corner, and I won four days straight in a row. I didn't have no coach there. So I won the national championship. I won every fight, unanimous decision. So my opponents didn't win no rounds. So that goes to show you how uh, raw I am when it comes to boxing.
0: I mean... It just seems really stressful to be in that situation, to be on your own. How did you mentally prepare for that after you've gone and and taken the stand, you've got on a flight, you're competing in something that's really important to you and to just not have anybody there?
1: Meditation. I meditate a lot and to have my eyes on the prize, to keep a focus on my goal, And to always know what I'm there for, that helped me out a lot in meditating, which is very important to me. I do breathing exercises to focus on the task at hand. So that is what kept me going. Before the verdict, even though my brother and I did a great job and everything, you never know how things are gonna go in a court of law. So I I was nervous. I was nervous when the verdict was about to come out. I was super nervous because I was like, if these people say he's innocent, how the hell is that gonna look on? Like that was gonna look, it wouldn't look good for my brother and I.
0: What was the verdict like for you? You already left for the national championships.
1: Exactly, yeah. Yeah. So I was focused on that and I had so much joy because I think the verdict came out after the second to last day I was there at the championship, I believe, or either the last day. So I was just collecting these wins, whooping ass and, you know, feeling good about that. So I wasn't too much focused on the verdict.
0: What was the reaction when you heard the verdict?
1: When I heard it, damn, okay, now it's time to get back to uh, B.I.Z, my business, which was winning a national championship. People were, funnily though, uh, the officials there, they knew who I was, so then they were congratulating me. Like, oh yeah, good job, we heard about the case, you won. I'm like, I didn't win anything. I guess, I understood what they meant, but it's not that I won,
0: yeah, you weren't on trial,
1: yeah, exactly. You
0: were witnesses. it exactly.
1: was yeah, that's in the court of law, but in the public eye court of it public was opinion it was us against him. Mm. you feel me yeah, on that um in that courtroom in that courtroom, yeah
0: where were you when you were told, and what were you doing when you were waiting for the verdict?
1: That was at the courthouse. When they gave a the verdict, me and my mother were there. And it was just a sigh of relief when we heard it. Just a lot of weight off my shoulders.
0: Hmm. What would you have done if it had gone the other way?
1: Go into hiding. <laughs> nah, just kidding.
0: Seriously, though?
1: That's a tough one. Yeah, we would have to... Talk to the prosecution and see if there there would be anything to do about it. Honestly, Honestly. I think we would have to probably go to the media. And now, that would definitely have to be an option. Go to the media and explain what happened. Tell them the story. Let them hear it firsthand. Yeah, we would have no other option. To
0: what do you think the consequences would have been on you both?
1: We would have been ostracized in the acting world. Oh yeah, it definitely would have been over for us amongst our peers too. Family members would have probably looked at us differently. Reputation and reputation is very important uh, in in this world. So I think it would have put us in a bad light. So I'm glad it didn't. That wasn't the case. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of craziness would have came. <laughs> would have came would've with, sued. Yeah yeah, 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 a lot of craziness. Because, like we said, media would have blasted his innocence out like crazy. He would have know, blasted his innocence He would have blasted it. The media would have, like, and you know everybody believes what they see on TV. So, it would have been... It would have been—I know we would have got through it, but it still would have been something that we would have to get through. Right. I mean, just life in general could have proven to be a little more difficult uh, because anywhere we might have chosen to work, people are going to know who we are and know, oh, these dudes are not good people. They're liars, you know, and you don't want to be labeled a liar So I think that is what would have happened.
0: In the documentary, there's a picture of you, Bola, in a Black Panther outfit. When was that? And what was that for?
1: That's when we went to court for determining if the judge was going to allow Nene Uche to represent Jesse Smollett. So that was prior to the trial.
0: So there was a lot of appearances at court, Obviously, you go and had to had to have the pre-preparation of the trial. Then there was the determination of whether um, the lawyer that approached you could be just his lawyer. Then there was also the trial, and then there was a sentencing.
1: Yep. Yeah, there were a lot of appearances.
0: It's time-consuming.
1: Very. It so, was. Yeah, we've been to that courthouse plenty of times.
0: What made you decide to wear a Black Panther outfit?
1: Well, it wasn't even really... Uh, a Black Panther outfit, it looked like it. It's all he had in his closet. Exactly. So
0: was it dubbed by the press then as a Black Panther outfit, not you?
1: It was, exactly, yes. I didn't say, oh yeah, I'm going to dress up as a Black Panther. Uh, I like that coat that I was wearing and the hat. It was just a look that I felt like wearing at the time. But I wasn't thinking, oh, Black Panther, no.
0: Were you surprised when that's what it was dubbed?
1: (laughs) Yeah, because it it was kind of ironic because Jussie's the activist. So now me wearing something uh, that shows activism was pretty interesting that they dubbed it that.
0: Is that something that is important to you? Activism?
1: It is something that is important to me because it moves conversations along. It moves societies and communities along. It's needed and there's a place for activism. We went to court, the truth came out, we spoke the truth and he got convicted and then sentenced. And the thing is, the judge gave him those six months because at the end, Jesse still wasn't coming forward to say that he actually did it. So the judge had no choice but to give him something. He wasn't remorseful. He wasn't remorseful, yeah. Still maintaining your innocence.
0: At that point, were you surprised in any way that he still maintained his innocence?
1: No, I wasn't surprised. Yeah, my brother, I was a little bit. I thought maybe he would try to finally come out so he wouldn't get that bad of a sentence, but my brother knew him better.
0: Why weren't you surprised then, Bowler?
1: I wasn't surprised because it would go against what his goal in life is, and that is to be a political hero, to further his political ambition and career. So, if he admits to faking a hate crime, if he ever admits to that, he can't move on with being a, a political hero or a figure.
0: When was it that you left the court and a piece of paper was handed to you by a woman?
1: That was at the sentencing. We were in an overflow room, I believe that's what they call it, where we can sit in a room and watch the trial happen or watch the sentencing happen on TVs because they weren't allowing people into the courthouse. So we were in the overflow room watching the sentencing happen. I didn't even know these people were with Jesse. It was a couple of people in there in the overflow room with us. So. I think my mom was the one that told me that she saw a couple of these people giving me the side eye and looking at me crazy and stuff, but I didn't pay no attention to them. And after they had sentenced Jesse, right in that overflow room, one of the ladies came and put a piece of paper in my hand and walked out. Okay, here it goes right here because I took a picture of it. It says. I know CPD forced you and set you up. The attackers were two white men with another one involved, three total. There are videos. Please tell the truth. Please tell the truth. If you don't, how will things even change in Chicago?
0: What do you take from that? I wonder why they wrote you that and why people still believe Jesse?
1: Um, I believe um, it's their distrust in the Chicago PD that plays a large role in how they feel and how they're coming at it. They can see Chicago PD setting two of us up to do something like this to get Jesse, for whatever reason, the CPD has to go against them. So... Um, I believe that's that's the reason. Um, CPD's reputation right. plays a huge role. Right, and I think a woman like that thinks CPD is making black people go against each other. I think that's what she was believing, that uh, they coerced us.
0: Did it make you feel anything?
1: Now I do. After this conversation we just had, now at that point I did not. It was it was funny to me at that point, but now I feel for that lady, I do. That's tough. That's real tough.
0: What do you think about when you went to the sentencing, Ola? Um, and Bolo, I know you didn't go to the sentencing, but you've obviously seen it since. What did you think about what Jesse did when the judge gave him his sentence? and the comments that Jesse made when he said, I'm not suicidal, I'm innocent, and then repeatedly said, I'm not suicidal. I'm not suicidal. Okay. I am not suicidal. I am
1: innocent and I am not suicidal. If I did this, then it means that I stuck my fist in the fears of black Americans in this country for over 400 years and the fears of the LGBTQ community. Putting on another show. Sounds good. Yeah. You did stick your fist in the face of African-Americans, obviously, and obviously you don't care about it. Uh, it was a performance, yep. it was a performance act. And well, another performance. I am not suicidal, come on, bro. Ain't nobody finna kill you in jail, bro. Ain't no one finna Jeffrey Epstein you <laughs> in jail. No, it's not that deep. At maybe, all. Maybe it was to him. But it it was a show to show people that, to convince people that he's innocent. Right, right. That's all it was. Yeah. That's all it was. But um, I will say this. I did not wish um, jail time for him at all. Um, My mother as well. When it happened, we were both at the courthouse at the time, and we both didn't feel good about it when they um, gave him that sentence. Why? Why? I've been in the cell, and I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy, honestly. And I feel like um, what he did didn't warrant that much time or time at all, honestly. If they gave him probation, I would have been cool with that. But to have to go to jail for... falsely For lying to the police, that was tough. Right, and people do it all the time. Although he's not showing any remorse, they used a lot of resources. And that's that's the reason why they gave it to him, but that's still how I felt. A lot of people talk about justice as it applies to Jesse. What do you both see as justice in this case?
0: This is producer Jackson asking the question.
1: Justice would have been Or it could have been Jussie coming out and saying the truth. And him getting, of course, reprimanded, getting some type of community service. uh, Jail time, that's debatable. I don't think, me personally, I don't think that he, for the crime that he committed, it's not a crime punishable by... I know jail. people that, don't do shoot, jail time. that shoot people in Chicago and get probation, so... <laughs> <laughs> jail time for this. It's, right. it's not... Come on. Yeah, they don't usually give jail time for this, by law, anyway. So, like I said, the reason why they gave him this much time probably was because he was not remorseful at all. But I think Justice, in this circumstance, him getting that 150 days... Yes, that's justice. Uh, yeah, like he's saying the guilty verdict sufficed for me when it came to justice. Like there's people that, if you read these comments, there's people that want, wanted to do under the jail, like that were upset, very upset and vocal about it. So I think it, it wasn't an injustice that he got, uh, he was sentenced the way he was.
0: What would you say to the people that still believe him and think it's like a, that maybe conspiracy. that you're liars or that it's a conspiracy or that it's um, racially aggravated and, and systemic racism because he was put in jail? Like, th- there's a lot of conversation around it that still don't believe it.
1: Lay off the crack pipe, straight up. No, 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 no. No, they got to lay <laughs> off of it because facts are facts. Look at the facts. <laughs> Look at the uh, plain as day. Ain't no conspiracy that you can throw in there that's going to uh, take away from what is real. Real is real. Facts are facts. You know, whatever, whichever way you want to cut it, lay off the drugs. You got to. If you believe him, you're on something yes i will come out and say it you're on something you gotta be on something or you're blind all right calm down bro <laughs> you're blind you gotta be blind all right uh, what i will tell these people is to take your feelings and your attachments and step back from the whole situation and just look at the facts look at all the facts and It will tell you, plain as day, what really happened that day in 2019. In other words, stop being delusional.
0: So is it to do with politics then?
1: On our behalf, it wasn't political. The way I look at it is uh, both sides have their beliefs on what they believe is right and wrong. And I'm not necessarily, I could choose from both sides and see why the left feels that way and why the right feels that way i'm very in the middle or out of it right i'm I'm, yeah i can remove myself i can remove myself and see uh, and understand both sides so on our part no it was just him asking us to asking me to do it i was like okay let's do it like Uh, you, you could see it was so much of a just like a gig for us that even though most of it was like an attack on Trump because he actually us used the MAGA country and all of that stuff. So it was a big attack on Trump, and I think my brother can tell you that Jesse didn't like Trump, right? Oh yeah, he hated yeah. Trump. Yeah, yeah. So, but on the other hand, you could tell that it was a gig for us because I could talk for me, like I actually like Trump. Am I going to say um, as president? I'm not going to go there. I really didn't have any opinions on him being president, but I like Trump as a person, so. I think what you liked about him was he was an outlier. He was someone that wasn't supposed to get to where he got to and he got there, and it's a representation of maybe what you've gone through in life. You're not supposed to, you've entered rooms you weren't supposed to enter, so I think maybe, is that why? Yeah, yeah, I can say that's why.
0: So then how did it become such a political representation, what you both did?
1: It became all of that because it had all the ingredients. All the ingredients. From the red hat. Sugar and spice and everything nice. nice. Powerpuff Girls. Mm-hmm. So it had uh, the red hat, which represent Trump. The racial part I was saying a nigger, saying faggot. So it had the LGBTQ uh, community involved and when they found out it was fake oh the right went crazy they went crazy like look you see what they're doing there's an attack on our our president president trump you see the left would do anything create oh they even said that uh i forgot uh who senator kamala was uh, Part of it, and then Booker. His name is Booker, but I forgot his. Senator son. Booker. And yeah, so they were doing an anti-lynching bill, so he said, "Oh, Jesse was hired by them to do this racial uh fake attack uh for that bill and whatnot, because they were trying to pass it around that time." So it was just. That was a conspiracy. And who knows? I mean, it could have been true. All right? Who knows? What's <laughs> <on in> <laughs> you life, never, you never know. the world you crazy. You never <laughs> know. It could have been true, but yeah, it had all the right ingredients. Ingredients for it to Mm -hmm. be uh, politicized and to have the racial and LGBTQ involved. So I think America is very political. I guess anywhere is, but America is divided politically, uh, very much so, and one side hates the other. So the left hates the right, the right hates the left. And uh, it's very polarizing in America. So, you know, that's one thing you can't talk about. Right. I see, I see politics in this country as two sides to one coin. I personally don't follow any political party. Our views can be seen as a little bit more conservative. But I don't trust no conservative I don't trust no Democrat. It's hard because a lot of these people say a lot of things, but don't back it up when it's time to back it up. So it's a game, it's a game, it's a big game. I don't judge anybody and this is because of the Bible. It says you shouldn't judge anyone. So I feel like as long as you're not hurting anyone, you should be able to do what you want to do in this life without anybody else having rules over that, as long as you're not hurting anybody.
0: What would you say to the people that say still that they think that Jesse wasn't given a fair trial?
1: Um, I would tell them that is not the truth. Um, everything was fair. If anything, it was more than fair because they gave him chance after chance to come out and tell the truth. And he put himself into the predicament of there even being a second trial. Because if he had just took his win at the beginning after they dismissed it and went off into the sunset, he would have been good. But him coming out saying that it wasn't him that did it, you know, he wouldn't be his mother's child. And his PR team going, uh, not his PR, his lawyers going out there on different news channels um, claiming the same thing. Sammy and my brother wore white face, which we had to sue his lawyer over, which they came back and tried to sue us over. But we just won that, actually. We just won that case. The judge dropped that case against us because it was frivolous.
0: Why did you sue them? Can you explain in more detail?
1: So, his lawyer, Tina Glandian, who was also representing the Tate brothers, Andrew Tate and his brother, she went on some news station and said, Me and my brother wore whiteface.
0: During the attack?
1: During the attack, to attack Jesse. That, that I wore a white face, or that one of us wore a white face. And that's why Jesse thought it was white people who attacked them. That was plausible, that that was a possibility. She said that in the news, so, or in media. So that's why we had to uh, take her to court.
0: What made you take that to court, though? What was it particularly about that? You know, there's so many people said all sorts of things about you. What right. was it about that that made you take action?
1: Well, because she has a big platform, she's his lawyer, and people would believe that, they were believing that. And that's something that affects our, our reputation and affects our career. Nobody's going to want to work with somebody that's dressing up in whiteface. Blackface, whiteface, yeah, it's very, that's a very sensitive topic, the blackface argument. So that's why we had to, because that's just slanderous, that's wrong. And another thing is, why did that affect us? Or why did we take that to court? Because a lot of the other things you can't take to court. You can't prove if I was his gay lover. That's a he say, she say type of topic. But to say someone wore a white face, something so bad, that's that's slanderous if they never did it or if there's no proof that they did it. You understand? So me saying, I can't take Jesse to court for saying, oh, um, he said I'm gay. Cause there's no, it wouldn't stick.
0: What about the fact that they then tried to counter you? What was that about?
1: Bonkers. That's yeah. It was just a shit show. I think what they were trying to do is flex their muscle. They have all the resources and they were trying to make us scared to drop our suit so that uh, they can continue what they were doing. But I think uh, they were flexing. That's what it was.
0: Did you see the part you played In Jesse Smollett, as hurting anyone, though.
1: At the time, no. But later on, I could see how uh, it hurt people, or people said how it might have hurt them. But what's crazy is a lot of people came to our defense. They sent our lawyer Gloria. They sent her an email saying that. We helped them in a way by coming out and telling the truth. The truth. Yeah, we helped them. And it was like a, a gay person from Chicago in Loyola. So um, I forgot what they uh, said exactly. But at the time, we weren't thinking it was hurting somebody. We were just playing a role, acting. It was uh, another acting gig for us.
0: And how was your acting going before all this?
1: On an upward trajectory. It was on an upward trajectory. I just got a guest star role in Chicago PD. Um, A couple months later, my brother got a guest star role in Chicago PD. Then he got signed into um, the biggest talent agent in Chicago. Things were going good. Things were going real good. Uh, We were getting more and more auditions and stuff like that. So things were looking good. We were going to be in Hollywood in no time. We probably try to use this little fake attack thing, helping Jesse out to try to propel us a little bit, but that backfired a little bit, but... Or went a different route than we thought it would go. How? So we thought, okay, we do a favor for a friend. And he has connections to directors and to people that make movies or that are uh, into TV. So do this favor, and eventually he would help us out. He would give us make a reference, a good reference. That's what we thought it would take us doing the fake direction, right? So honestly, we would not. We didn't have to get paid thirty-five hundred. We would have did it for free.
0: Absolutely, to be honest.
1: absolutely. So it
0: wasn't about money then.
1: No, No. Nah. And people are saying people are so dumb. Like, let me not I say people are dumb, but people, people are dumb. dumb. <laughs> because people say say, you guys only did it for thirty-five hundred. What were you thinking? That's like a fifty thousand dollar, hundred thousand dollar thing. And he's rich. You should have did it for so much money. I say you guys Stupid. have no sense. Like. You don't know. We're thinking bigger than that. Bigger. The doors that are here to open, that's only yeah. money. That, that's that's right. money that you'll spend, you'll finish it uh-huh. quick. That it's about what it could have done for us, how it could have changed our life. And I think Jesse knew that too.
0: Do you think he'd been planning this for a long time or was this something that was impulsive?
1: I would say it was first degree. I think first degree is premeditated, right? Yeah, so I would say it was first degree. Uh, He thought about it, he gave some thought into this, definitely. What if the whole reason he even became friends with you and got close to you, he's been planning this, like, and got close to you was so he can come to you with this idea? that that'll be crazy. He's a super villain. That's <laughs> what that be would be insane.
0: Do you think that's possible? Hard maybe to take, but is it it's possible? Hard to
1: take, but it is possible. Yes. This life is crazy. It's man. very possible.
0: In the documentary you said he is a super villain. What did you mean by that?
1: There's a saying about villains and like that saying goes, uh, a villain is a broken hero. So that's what I think. That describes him. But he's a super villain because he's still going on with the lie. He's still going on, maintaining his innocence. So he's a super villain. Interesting.
0: Why? Why did you say that?
1: Nah, just seeing um, that saying of the um, every villain is a broken hero. I can see that and this whole Jesse story. Right, he he is a broken wannabe hero, I guess. And some people do see him as a hero. Uh, He has fought for, marched and fought for certain people's rights and whatnot. But I think his ambition was too much that it led him to orchestrate a fake attack on himself. Uh, He wants to be a hero, definitely. And the only reason I will call him a villain now is because him continuing to portray himself as the victim would put us in a bad light and could potentially put us in jail. Because if you are the victim and this really did happen to you, means that my brother and I did commit a hate crime and did attack you. So you will be getting these people that you had do this stuff for you locked up and put in jail and their lives ruined. So that's why I would say call him the villain now.
0: You're listening to Attacking Jesse, the Oshendairo Brothers story. Hosted and produced by me, Charlie Webster alongside producer Jackson McLennan, research and assistant producer Casey Hertz, edited by Nico Palella. Seema Graywall is our assistant editor. Theme music by Nico Palella. Additional production by Will Hagel, Nicole Urban, and Stephen Sveton. Executive produced by me, Charlie Webster. This is a Lionsgate sound production engineered by Pilgrim Media Group.